You're listening to Sufficiently Selfish, your weekly dose of putting yourself first, being unapologetically you, and not giving a damn what anyone has to say about it. Hosted by yours truly, Emma Jones, your selfish coach and mentor. So if you're looking to create more space in your life for you, you're in the right place. This episode comes with a parental advisory. If you are one of my parents, I advise you not to listen. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Sufficiently Selfish. I had a complete spoiled brat moment this week, and once I snapped out of it, I was so disappointed in myself and also slightly mortified, really. Up until being quarantined with my parents, I've lived by myself for 10 years. Everything is mine. Everything is my way. Everything is my responsibility. Earlier this week, I started to freak out because the coffee was gone. My oat milk was gone. All of these things that when I live by myself, I know are just going to be there were not there. And it was really jarring to me. Talk about expectations if you listened to last week's episode. So it made me realize, and if I weren't so in my feelings at the time, I really would have laughed about it. But my controlling and obsessive nature once again needs to be shed from another area of my life. This is something that, you know, throughout life has kept coming back as something that I need to tame because it just is innately within me to be controlling and obsessive. But that doesn't mean that it's the way that I need to be. I just need to figure out how to either reframe those situations or um, get over it, which is another way of reframing those situations. But this is how we grow and this is how we work on ourselves. This is self-development, is being aware of things that you do that you don't necessarily want to be doing. And you work to not do those things. As humans, we're animals. We have animalistic natures and instincts, whether it's anger or jealousy or control. And that's okay. That's how we are. But again, that doesn't mean that we need to let those aspects of us get the better hand. So it's actually funny, um, ironic, really, that I'm stuck with my parents during this time of a global lockdown. My overarching intention for the year was to have more compassion and patience with my family, but I never realized when making this declaration for 2020 that this is how it would manifest itself, me being quarantined with them for an indefinitely long period of time. Growing up under their roof was not easy for me. Um, Don't get me wrong. I have incredible, fun, smart, and everyone called them the cool parents. But it has been a difficult road for us because we can rarely seem to be on the same page for very long. And um, my diagnosis of the situation is that we have different communication styles and love languages, which ends up in 
a lot of miscommunication and unintentional hurt feelings in all directions. So to get back to my point, I personally need a reminder of the journey that I've been on and how far I've come because being back here, it can really feel as if nothing has changed when everything has changed. Even if there's more growth to be made, I am not that same person that I was when I was 11, 12, 15, you know, this just very unhappy, rebellious, um, argumentative, stubborn person. Do I still have those traits? Absolutely. But I harness them for good now, not for, you know, evil. (laughs) And by that, I mean, letting them rule me. I know that a lot of people in quarantine have been going through this feeling as if they haven't really come very far because we're all just sitting and stewing with our thoughts and the dynamics that we are surrounded by. So, um, I thought you would join me in taking this walk down memory lane to review some of the defining moments in my growth journey and some of the recent things I've become more aware of that I want to continue to work on on myself with my coaches and, you know, just personally. Let me take you back in time. I wasn't the happiest kid growing up. Not that I didn't have a great childhood. I just didn't have a happy outlook. I was pessimistic. I was negative. Really, it got to the point where people were telling my mom that I should be put on antidepressants. And this was infuriating to me because I knew that I had control over anything that was going on with myself. And I knew that I didn't need medication. I'm someone who does not like to be on medication. I don't know where that came from, but I've never liked to take medicine or to have to be on medication. And so the fact that all these people were telling my mom that she should think about putting me on antidepressants, like just drove me to prove them wrong which isn't really the best way to start a self-development journey, but I mean, you got to start somewhere. So I really started to take inventory on myself. And, you know, my brother had always told me that I take things too seriously. I need to let things go. Um, He always called it like, just fuck it, you know, just fuck it. It doesn't matter. Just let it go. I, cause I would let the smallest things bother me and not let them go and carry them around like a weight with me. And again, that's only hurting me. That's not hurting anyone else. It's not, you know, being a detriment to anyone else. Um, except that then they have to be around me and I'm in this negative mood all the time. So I started spending more time outdoors and around friends. I I was like such a couch potato. So I started making myself actually go out and be social because I had friends. I just, you know, it's like, okay, I'll see you when I see you. And then I'll go watch TV. So even when I wasn't in the mood, I would make myself do things that I knew would improve my circumstances. And slowly over time, it worked, of course. Um, So I was always then focused on self-improvement and that became, and I talk a lot about like hacking yourself or harnessing these things that are innately in you and kind of using them in a different way, having them manifest themselves in a different way in your life. So I started to focus my controlling nature, not necessarily on my outside circumstances, but on myself and not in an unhealthy way, but just always, you know, taking again inventory on what's going on with me, um, 
Where can I be making improvements? What is not being received the way that I want it to be? Because I think that, and it's still, I mean, in the case of my parents, is an issue that we struggle with. I am presenting things in a way that I think they're coming out one way and my parents are receiving them in a different way. So just noticing these moments and it's not like I would take every piece of criticism and take it to heart and do something about it, but I like I'm a very logical person and if statistics of these incidences started to add up and show a pattern, then that's when I would really start diving into, okay, what can I do about this? How can I improve this? How could I shift this? So when I got to high school, I was really acting out and there was not really much discipline at my school. It was, I was a good student and the school really focused on putting their attention on people who needed the help. So me getting good grades, it didn't really matter that I was acting out in other ways. They kind of just let me do my thing. And I mean, I was taking shots in the back of class and the teachers knew that I was drinking and just leaving class to smoke cigarettes. And it was a mess and no one was doing anything about it. So I realized that I had to do something myself. Um, And for some reason, it wasn't just don't do these things because I knew without that, layer of accountability of a, a you know an adult holding me to these things i was just going to allow myself to keep doing them so i talked to my mom and um i told her that i wanted to go to private school cuz i knew that it would be a much more strict environment my brother had been in private school most of his school life and i just ended up in public school. So yeah, I was like, I was convinced I was going to become a heroin addict if I stayed in public school. And even though I wasn't doing heroin and none of my friends were doing heroin, I just like felt like that was the path that I was going to go down. So um, I found a private school, started going. And the first week of private school, I realized that, and I don't know why it took this or what really snapped, but I realized that I am responsible for me. I had already known this, but it just hit me in a whole different way. That's like, I didn't have to take myself out of that environment. I could have stayed there and just given myself the accountability and the structures that I needed to not become a huge fuck up. But okay, now I'm in private school. So here I am. And it was actually, even though I didn't really enjoy that year, um, I'm so happy that I made that decision for a few reasons. One, I met one of my best friends who is very dear to me to this day. And another reason is that being in public school in the same school system my whole life, I grew up with the same people. These people had, I'm going to say preconceived notions, but they weren't preconceived. Like They had made their own picture of me from growing up until where I was. And I'm sure as most of you know, if someone has a view of you, it's very difficult to change that perception. So going from the negative, gothy, unhappy, miserable girl to being anything else was not that easy. Like no matter how I was changing, it wasn't necessarily being received. So being in an environment with all new people really gave me a whole new sandbox of being able to play with myself in terms of who do I really want to be and how do I be that person. 
So yeah, um, being in private school, it just really gave me a whole new perspective on how I was seen at this moment of my life and it gave me the ability to play around with it. Because again, these people didn't know me that well. Um, and I was also quite reserved. So as long as I was showing little layers of myself over time to them, they felt like they were getting to know me, which they were. But for me, it was allowing me the time to figure out who I was really. So then my after sophomore year of private school, I went back to public school because now I have all these new perspectives on how I'm in control and all these things. And my junior and senior year of high school were drastically different. My mindset had completely shifted. And it was, I mean, I loved those years. I had so much fun those years, except with my family, the dynamics and patterns were more difficult to break because they had seeped in so deeply. So it didn't matter that I had grown so much because at home, things weren't really changing. I was able to become a better version of myself with others, but when it came to my family, it it didn't matter what I was doing. They weren't able to see how I was changing. Just like when I had been in school and the, the people around me hadn't been able to accept a new version of me because they had these ideas of who I was. So it was the same thing with my parents. And it didn't matter how much change I was making. My parents really didn't see it. And I think my brother saw glimpses of it because he was out of the house at that point. He was in college and we were um, actually closer during these years of my life than we had ever been before. And actually, once I moved away to college, everything shifted with my parents and we became really good friends. And I think it just allowed them the space to see the new me, the me that had already been living with them for two years, but that they hadn't noticed yet. You know, sometimes when you're losing weight, you don't really notice because you see yourself every day and then all of a sudden you step on a scale or you see someone that hasn't seen you for a while and it's like, whoa, look at all this change. I think my parents were too close to be able to see what had already shifted. Even though they kept wanting those changes, they weren't able to see them. When I got to college, I had another rude awakening when that same friend that I had met my sophomore year of high school and I ended up at the same college and we were tied at the hip. And over time, we were both, we are, we are still both very stubborn people. And we would end up bickering a lot in the way that siblings do, you know, but our friends were getting so sick of it. And they actually had an intervention with us and said, we're only inviting one of you out or the other when we get together because we are so sick of you guys just bickering every time we're around each other. So, I mean, you have to, you have to hear that when your friends are literally having an intervention with you. And so what I learned from that was that not everything has to be resolved. Um, we were, both of us kept, since we were so stubborn, we weren't understanding that a conversation, the only way to end a conversation doesn't have to be for either you to be right or to be convinced by the other person that they are right. It's not about being right. You know, you can express your points and then move on, even if you don't agree. The, the whole agree to disagree. We did not understand how to do that. Um, 
So actually that has been one of the most important learnings probably my entire life. I mean, they're all important, right? But I am still such a stubborn person. And to be able to walk away from something, not upset that it wasn't resolved, but being okay with the fact that I know this is how I feel. They feel that way. We all have different perspectives. We don't need to align. That's what makes the world what it is. I mean, that's huge. Fast forward to after college where now here we are. I mean, it's been a very long time, but I've lived by myself for a long time, as I mentioned before. And you get very set in your ways. I wouldn't even say it's about expectations. It's about your world shifting to just being different things. And when you live by yourself, you are literally privy to everything going on in that world. I mean, if something moves, it's because you moved it. If you run out of oat milk, it's because you finished the oat milk. So being back in an environment with other people, and even though, again, like I travel, I travel a lot. I've spent the past two years traveling and I'm not always living by myself in those situations, but you usually still, you have your own space you have your own groceries. I stayed with this incredible woman with, in Barcelona for a month or so, maybe more than that. And I had a whole cabinet in her kitchen. I had a shelf in her refrigerator. And of course we would share with each other, but it was, it was understood that like, these are the other person's thing. So again, coming back to my parents' house where that's not how things work. We're a family, the coffee's communal, it's just different. It's different. And in so many ways, being back here feels like I'm back at square one again with a lot of the work that I've done on myself. My fuse isn't as long as I'm used to it being. Um, I have these moments of reverting to brattiness that I haven't seen in a long time. But in reality, when I take a step back, which I have done since reflecting on that moment on Monday, I'm in a whole new league. Really, when I think back to my goal of having compassion and patience for my parents and being in this environment, I'm finally equipped to handling these circumstances with that compassion, with that patience, by putting all of these other lessons that I've learned before this together, uh, like the Power Rangers becoming Megazord, which I did have to Google because I had no idea what the name of that robot that they morphed into was, but that came to mind. Like All of these lessons and growth that I've had over time come together to support me to have this compassion, to have this patience, even if I'm in crazy extenuating circumstances where I can't have my freedom and um, my space in the way that I I like to. You know, let's be honest. I do. I like to have my own space. I like to not live in my parents' house. But I am also so blessed that I'm here, that they're allowing me this, that they're putting up with me. I mean, this is not a one-way street. This is difficult for them as well. And I am completely aware of that. So I am just blessed that we have been given this time to improve our relationship even more. In college, it improved because we were separated from each other, and now we're going to improve by being together. And I am just super excited to be watching that happen. 
and to be experiencing the changes because I fucking love my parents and I know they love me too. Over the course of my journey, I went from being completely unstructured to relying heavily on my structure. The problem that I've now been facing is that that structure isn't always going to be there in that same way. So now what I realize that I need to do is to take down the rigid steel scaffolding that I've created to help myself have the life that I want to live and to replace it with bamboo scaffolding that can go with the flow, bend completely, but still stay strong and allow me to be the me that I want to be no matter what environment or what dynamics I'm dealing with. We are all human. Sure, I'm a coach, and yes, I help people better their lives, to become more in alignment with their true desires, and to create a life that brings them joy, fulfillment. What qualifies me to do this? Well, for one, my certification, but there are literally thousands of coaches out there without certifications. So I think what qualifies me is this innate drive in myself to constantly improve, This drive has helped me to hack myself, and it has shown me that it is possible to change anything in anyone if they want it for themselves. I've wanted all these changes. I have clients and friends who tell me that they will never change. They are the way they are. They have always been this way, and nothing has worked to rein in these aspects of themselves that they would like to improve. But if I had allowed myself to think like this, I wouldn't have grown in the ways that I have. I know we all get caught up in how much more there is to do. I know I certainly get caught up in this, but it's just as important to acknowledge the progress that you've made and how far you've come. So I hope that by sharing my own story, you're inspired to revisit your own journey and Take note of all the growth that you've made. Thanks for listening to Sufficiently Selfish with me, Emma Jones. New episodes are released on Tuesdays. But in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Gemini Coaching. That's G-E-M-I-N-I-I Coaching. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and subscribe. If you really enjoyed it, show your support and leave a review in iTunes. Till next time.